Chapter Two: A Google Maps Tour of the Heart. August, Grain Moon. On a train traveling south, on the East Coast Main Line, I carry worlds in my backpack. In the newspaper I bought at the station, the Prime Minister promises new powers to tackle terror threats. Marsh warblers and turtle doves are added to the list of endangered birds. I have three books with me, each an invitation into different places and ideas. Nineteen thirties Norfolk, the study of fluid dynamics, the blank page, and many more books on my phone. I am dizzy with the competition for my attention over the five-hour journey, astounded by the possibilities available from my train seat. I can tune in and out of conversations in my carriage. Four retirees on a day trip to York, two twenty-somethings talking about a mutual friend, the man next to me watching YouTube cartoons with headphones on. Meanwhile, England passes by at ninety miles an hour. Its hedgerows and warehouses, its caravan parks and solar farms, flyovers and underpasses. I see a man standing next to a dead beast. I see a kestrel on a post. It's the end of summer, and the sun is getting brighter as we head souther. And then, in my hand, I hold my phone containing the whole internet, all of my friends, the entirety of Wikipedia. The internet is always offering an elsewhere. I spend my days distracted, attention pulled from this to that. I'm doing well to get anything done at all. Which world do I choose to enter? I open Google Earth. From one thousand one hundred kilometers out, I have a god's eye view, and spin the globe on the screen with my fingers like a marble. I have the world between my thumb and forefinger, and I pull my territory towards me like a parachutist coming into land. I find Britain, then go north, following motorways and rivers like a migrating bird. I've been living with one foot in the islands and the other in the internet. I have pulled this suitcase up and down the country every few months. This time, I'm leaving for a year or more, and as I travel south, my phone finds new networks. I departed by sea, but inside Google, I approach the islands by air, zooming in ten kilometers per centimeter, five kilometers per centimeter. I'm reaching down for the sky. My islands are in the palm of my hand. Odorless, fixed, and digitized, held cloudless in internal summer. This is where I'm from, but the familiar becomes strange. Pictures taken on rare, clear-skied days by commercial satellites or aircraft are stored in huge servers in South Carolina or Iowa or Ireland or Finland, and are now called up in an instant and transmitted by fiber optic cables. Under oceans and through mobile networks to me on my train traveling south at high speed, I hover above the main island. In the satellite pictures, most fields are lush green, but in some the grass has been mown or recently receded. So I know the pictures were taken just after the first silage cuts in early June. I can tell the time of day by wind turbines like sundials. They cast long shadows to the southwest. So it must be early morning. I move in towards the cliffside farm where I grew up. 
It is high tide in the picture, some familiar outcrops of rock are not exposed. A stack of silage bales looks from above like a black hole. Tracks worn by Dad's tractor are visible across the fields. Sun glints from the roof of rusting old vehicles, cars I used to drive, in the field around the caravan. I look at uninhabited islands, close enough to make out the shapes and shadows of seals hauled out on the rocks. There are digital glitches. Different layers were photographed at different times, and I'm flipping between 2008 and 2010, now 2006, uncovering layers of digital archaeology. I cross a field and I've gone back two years, always resetting inside a constantly iterating map. It is all time travel. Every photograph is of the past. I'm not looking at the island as it is now, with a new season of crops, another year's growth. But at the moment, the satellite took the pictures. This is the wave that was captured to stand in the place of all future waves. I zoom in tightly on the steps down to the sea where I had my first kiss. I pan over the turquoise bay where we swam at 2am one midsummer when it was already getting light. My memories are digitised, draggable, zoomable, panable. The boy on the beach, face blurred out, fading in my memory. Here we are above a farm track where I fell to my knees, following roads I drove with my eyes full of tears. With a click, I can revisit all the text messages and reread emails. A text message brings me out of the maps and back to the train. B says she'll meet me at King's Cross. I zoom out again. There is more world than just the island. The blue dot shows my current location nearing London. I'll soon be among crowds, warm air and tall buildings. And I begin to pack my books and papers back into my bag. But with a flick of my finger, I could be pinging into the Atlantic, as if pushed by an easterly wind, navigating the weather systems of the internet. Google Maps allows me to access places I never would otherwise, without travel disturbance emissions. Google Maps has one billion users. Pictures taken by Google satellites are used for planning holidays and hovering over memories. I've stuck paper maps to my walls wherever I've lived, always of somewhere I'm not. In the city, I miss the islands. In my most recent flat, the London streets. Although I like to lay paper maps on the floor, I appreciate more the functions of digital mapping. My mind fizzes and swells with the possibilities of the technology. The digital maps offer new opportunities to be elsewhere. I sometimes get a feeling I can step into the maps on my phone. Recently, my interest, street view enabled, has returned to cities and I virtually walk through the streets of Porto, Prague and Berlin, thinking about where I might go next. The satellite pictures enter my dreams, making me scroll and search in my unconscious and waking life. In a new city, I feel as if I have become the orange street view figure, clicked and dropped into strange surroundings. I'm leaving for another stretch. I don't know quite where I will go. In a London bedroom or a Berlin cafe or on a different island, distant in a warm sea. Everywhere else is closer than ever. I can return instantly at the swipe of a finger. My home will always be there. It is here on my phone and in my heart. The Google Maps icon 
holding its promise between Facebook and email, fighting for its territory between the Atlantic and the North Sea.